Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathStoreProds.com anime and manga podcast. I'm dead. We got Birdie. Hey. And yeah, we finished Devil Man. Yeah. That was a mistake. Fuck. Just like, fuck, man. Oh. So. When last we talked about this. I was at, I was significantly further behind Dead Man. He had gotten to the final act. Yeah, I was halfway through episode eight. I shotgunned the rest of the series between yesterday and today. And then I finished off the last few dribbles a couple hours ago. Oh, man. Fuck me. How? <laughs> Let me just... I, I don't know about you, Dead Man, but I think I can um, sum up my collective thoughts about the last third of this series with just one thing. Not wet enough. Closer. <laughs> Just like, oh. fuck me. There was. Ugh. Yeah, and I don't know whether to blame Owasa or Nagai for this because the original Devilman story was always going to be pretty nihilistic. And based on several episodes in the series, I get the impression that Nagai was trying to go through the big points of the original story even if it felt really unnecessary a lot of the time. Like the episode where um, Akira's dad turned into a turtle and ate his mom and then tortured them with the disembodied souls of people eaten by the demon. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's straight from the manga and other adaptations of the anime. And each time I see it, it just gets more annoying because the... The whole, hey, d- demons are not as immoral as humans. You would kill people who aren't technically dead, even though they totally are. <laughs> yeah, that's not an argument. <laughs> but it's an argument that that story makes and has been made in each version of the story. And then the fifth episode with the Harpy, late, with, uh, Harpy Lady and Don Fan merging and trying to kill Devil Man. That's also straight from the manga and other adaptations, and it it feels even less necessary here when you yep, know where just, the rest of the story is going. <laughs> yeah, like, that guy... <laughs> that guy's, like, that, that fucking weird Electric Man's entire arc is basically... Kind of, kind of like encapsulates the rest of the series a bit. He, he's introduced, you think he's somebody important, then he kills himself immediately and amounts to nothing. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, even the main uh, character's love interest served no purpose yeah, in the story except to thing. die. Just goddamn. And, like, die very brutally. Yeah, like, vivisected and then beheaded or something to that extent. Yeah, basically. so, uh, yeah, so, sh- so she is, like, running away. Um, a bunch of fucking people descended on her house and set it ablaze. Uh, they end yeah. up killing all the rappers. Well, actually, sorry. They end up killing. Um, they end up killing the other two rappers, and then one of the rappers, Buddy, and the beatboxer. They are then 
just there in like a fucking grotesque display. But anyway, yeah, so they all get into a big fucking brouhaha. Uh, the Mickeys escape, kind of. Uh, before yeah. before until, Miko gets uh, until Spider gunned down, basically. Yeah, and then, and then as she's dead, and then as love interest the, is running away, she's like having flashbacks to like all the amazing times that she had, like being with her buddies before they turned to demons, and then then she gets shot in the leg. Like manages to keep limping away until a fucking truck Dukes of Hazard style pulls up in front of her, and then some dude runs out with a knife, stabs her. Somehow with the knife back... Stabs her in the spine and then, like, down through the spine. Like, yeah, I'm not but sure I think, but the I think guy knows with... how hard it is to stab through the spine. And I'm pretty sure he did it with the knife backwards, too. Yeah, he did it with the sharp end up. Yeah, is he, he to, I'm pretty down. sure he's a demon. Probably. I don't know. But yeah, and I, then you get to the end... I don't care. That That's my problem. Yeah, like, yeah. the last half, I don't care. Yeah, it's and then, just death and sadness and and meaningless misanthropy and nihilism. And that's and yeah. I was pointing this out to Dead Man as I was finishing this. The thing about pure nihilism, it's so easy to predict that you stop caring. Yeah, like, like <laughs> while this was happening, it was, so it was kind of like a... It was kind of a dual story thing. Well, not dual story. It was just kind of... These things are happening at the same time. Akira, he fucking flies off to go talk to Ryo and sees a bunch of dudes pelting people with rocks while tied to poles because, you know, they couldn't get the symbolism hard enough. Yeah. And then, point, and then he's uh, like... Akira does the I, I died for your sins thing until some people start being nice to him for about ten seconds before another demon comes in, blows people up, and tries to kill him. It is astoundingly just fucking pointless yeah pointless and also super fucking obvious what they're gonna do yeah Cause, cause no, like the first thing is, is like everybody's like you're a fucker and then just a child walks up and hugs him in a way that will put him inches away from his previously established giant dick that is now presumably uncovered and then another child comes up and grabs his other leg and then, it's just, and then just everybody with fucking m16s rocks and sticks and torches and shit just get in a line to hug this demon person it's like, maybe demons and humans can't get along. Oh, no, wait, there's a bull. Yeah. Like a literal bull in a china shop. Yeah. And then after that, uh, we get to the stuff that Miki Deadman already mentioned until she dies. But and I then the last I haven't actually oh, gotten a chance oh, wait, to, I haven't gotten a chance to tell you how that storyline ends, though. Like, it's not just fucking she gets the knife through the spine. She gets the knife through the spine. Dude goes back to their house and... And then he sees the rapper, the other rapper, um, Miko and Miki, all ripped apart and put on different pikes as the crowd is just there holding them, dancing and giggling. Yeah, until he then kills them. And then, oh god, the last episode. <sighs> we haven't even got, I, did, I have one more thing to say about that, about the fucking pike episode. Oh wait, actually there's one other plot point before we get to that last episode that's important. Yes, but before that. Okay. <laughs> it kind of undercuts Miki's whole thing. Like, So, at, in episode 8, or 9, I think, which, whichever is the episode that is the Pike Where one. Where she's, like, hashtagging, like, good good vibrations type things. That, but then also, you get to the, there's a post credit scene. Yeah. Where... It's her and 
Yeah, it's her and Demon Akira, Demon Akira, riding a motorcycle down the fucking highway. And one, you can see where the animation loops. Yep. Like that's, th- that's a problem throughout a lot of the episodes is that you can really clearly see the problems with the with where they cheaped out on the animation. Yeah, they, they animated about twelve seconds of the motorcycle going down the road with like light with like you know traffic lights going over it and their hair and shit blowing in the breeze. And then it very but they very obviously didn't time it up properly so that it would like sync up with the loop. So just going along, and then all of a sudden one of the all of a sudden the lights just like jump back by like fucking five inches and their hair resets. But yeah, like the whole thing was like she was having like earlier in the episode, she was talking to Demon Miki and is like, hey, Miko. And I was like, hey, I liked you better when you weren't a demon. And then fucking. And then like all of her flashback shit of thinking back to like the good time she had with all of her buddies. It was all of them pre demon. And then her presumably like last moment thoughts of like, hey, if, if, if only this could have been our lives is with post demon Akira. Yeah. And that scene is super undercut by how you see her in the last episode where she's literally just a head. Yeah, she's just a head. Just Akira's just walking around in the fucking smoky void that is the outskirts of their city. Or most of the planet at this point from the looks of things. Yeah, fuck, dude. That goddamn fucking... There is... that The last episode is so fucking lazy. Yeah. 95% of it is in silhouette. And silhouette of very no, very like well known places. So they so they had to do even less artwork. Yeah. And throughout like half of that, throughout like the like half of the fight with half the fight, Devilman's in in that he defeats every single enemy by grabbing them and ripping them vertically in half. Yeah. No. It's it's amazing how much action there is in it, considering how much I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, the world is ending. It's like fucking demons versus an angel. No, like de- and like it's an army of devilmen, Satan. Yeah, like devilman and other like demon fused people, like the main character, are all in this. It's just yeah, it's supposedly dozens, potentially hundreds of them, and we see yeah. like seven of them. Yeah, and a lot of them like do their like noble sacrifice thing, and I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, and also the cat is apparently a demon too. Yeah, and then there's that random scene where like the demons break into like their base in like the Grand Canyon or something or like Monument Valley, and there's like a devil man person who is like a milk demon. Yeah, in a it's jar. just it is just the, fuck, the and, yeah it's just like her nipples fucking open up to like the size of goddamn fucking whatever and so does her vagina and then it bursts out milk and then like i'm not I was like i'm a devil man and then she barfs that shit on some fucking demon who then begins melting yeah and then there's just the random human strike soldiers with anti psychic rocket umbrellas who impale a person and in the process impale themselves yeah, it, it, like, it, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, like it's not even a matter of. It's like I would be more confused if I cared. 
That's the problem. By the, by, by the last episode, I had already stopped caring, and the last episode just made it worse. So that the supposedly tragic ending, where we find out that all of this is like a time loop, where Satan keeps... Oh, yeah, that's the other plot point we forgot to... The, the guy who is acting obviously evil is Satan. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> to the point where I was like, wow, that that's really what you went with? <laughs> that's your plot point? Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah, also, apparently, in the past, we didn't have dinosaurs, the world was populated by demons, and the extinction event that we people thought was a meteorite was actually God. Yeah, and, like, the demons have existed as spirits th- until humanity allowed them to start fusing with people again. And then-, and then made legends like Anubis and Ganesha and Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, and then Satan was born, but he forgot he was Satan, then he met Akira... Grew up relatively normal until he went back to find out, hey, why was I doing all this stuff without thinking about why I was doing all this stuff? Oh, apparently I'm Satan. Yeah. And then he's like totally down, just like for anything. Yeah. It's like, well, it turns out I'm Satan. Okay, fuck it. Yeah. And then at the end of it, uh, Satan kills Akira and we're supposed to care. Yep. (laughs) I do not. I feel like this is all director fault stuff. Like. Like the nihilism, so, yes, okay. that is that is baked into Nagai, but they could have done other stuff. Like the not like me, for me, the nihilism stuff is hilariously obvious, and like I actually laughed because it's just so fucking just. You tried, you, they tried all of the fucking super saccharine shit of just the line of people waiting to hug the demon is just so retardedly cutesy, and like, hey, people can still be good. That somebody has to drop a fucking bomb on that. Yeah, and that's probably my biggest issue is that, and this, and this woman also pointed this out to me recently. The thing about nihilism is that if you want it to matter, you have to invest in character, and you have to actually slow down the pacing enough to like feel the emotional burn. This yeah, moves way too is, damn fast. Yeah, everything <laughs> that happens so goddamn fast. Like Japan turns from like Japan into a into like a fucking desolated wasteland in a matter of a week and a half. And I mean that like in universe. Yeah, no, like Yeah, like like, like th- things are going fucking fine. Japan is on the up and up, everything's great. Then they show like, footage like, of like, a demon a, bull on the news, and all of a sudden it's fucking Yeah, like by the end of episode six, we are already in like a post apocalypse scenario and it's it you can't buy it, particularly the scene where it, uh, obvious evil guy is obvious. Rio goes on the news and says, "Hey, people suck. Kill your friends." Yeah, that that's literally what kind of sparks all this shit off. Is just a emergency announcement from the government where they hand it over to a fucking young priest, a young fucking professor, who goes, "Yo, demons is humans. If you see anybody acting weird, fucking murder their ass." And yeah, then everybody's like, point, yeah, "Okay." I- if I wasn't annoyed, I would have laughed out loud at that point. <laughs> I was laughing. Because <laughs> it was fucking just oh. my God. Ugh. Yeah, Iwasa, I, he has his own ideas on top of, like, the original ideas from the Devilman concept that Nagai introduced. And, okay, so, like, uh... Uh, Bennett the Sage recently reviewed another Gonagai property, which also has some wackadoo shit in it called Iron Virgin Jin, which is 
quite frankly, batshit insane because it's all about um, the idea of a woman being tied to her family and having to go her own way to grow up and so that she can't just be safe. But it also features the idea that all women of this family uh, must submit to males who rape them in order to draw their power in. Ugh. Yeah. So it's I'm I'm not I am not I am aware that the guy has problems creatively. Like as creative as he is, he his ideas about people kind of suck, which yeah. is weird to me. Then that cutie honey is as uplifting as it is because it's goofy silly and you end up liking enough characters throughout it maybe it's just because he's not going serious in cutie honey because like it's mostly kind of comedic it has a few dark elements but like when you have a character whose power is i put on a press badge and then i turn into a reporter who no one suspects uh but like aside from that this is this is somebody's adaptation this is well, this does yeah, lift no, stuff a lot directly of this from still it. Ha- no, it a lot of this still has to fall on Iwasa. And I don't know enough about his other work. Okay, so it, my only exposure to his directorial work is Ping Pong the Animation. And nothing about that story is as nihilistic as this. So it's kind of hard to make yeah, a comparison. It, I see yeah, the stylistic really, flourishes. Like, like how, do you, how do you really like make a super nihilistic Ping Pong story? Yeah. Now... Um, him and being involved in wackadoo shit, I can say that both from that and the stuff he's produced, like uh, Space Dandy or um, he, like what she worked with with, with Watanabe on. Uh, so yeah, I know his work can go this way, but dear God, man, if you're gonna go nihilistic, you have to have a point. That was that's. That was freaking Evangelion's problem. When it got to the end, you were just like, "What was the point?" <laughs> Yeah, this kind of went almost. This went like kind of full Eva, Eva at the end. Yeah, no, I was I was complaining about Darling and the Franks being a little bit too much like Evangelion in his characterization. Just for the fact that triggers on it means it's not going to go this Eva. Yeah, like Edie, like watch the ending of this, and Edie, and it was like put like the fucking Eva music where there's that weird angel person stabbing themselves in the heart and having an orgasm or whatever the fuck the ending was that what the fucking show was. Yeah, and, and it then, wouldn't yeah. fit. Like, the ending is fucking Lucifer with a half-destroyed body hanging out in a rock in the middle of a red sea as lights rain down from yeah, the sky to destroy the planet. Yeah, also transvestite. That is or, straight Ava. Yeah, or, and the fa- or the fact that Satan is transvestite, even though the person who was Satan was presented as male. Yeah, Satan was a dude, then as soon as he, remembered, as soon as he realized he was Satan, tits. Yeah, still mostly looks and sounds male, but but has breasts. breasts. Just yeah, because like they because like I guess at that point all of their girl characters were dead. Yeah, because this story does not like people. Nope. Like I was actually expecting it to maybe turn around on its nihilism because I was expecting their like um the the friend to like kill Miki because like her jealousy had consumed her and made her into a demon initially. Yeah. But, but no, didn't. no, that that would that would make dramatic sense instead of whatever the hell. Yeah, instead it was, "Oh, I hate though. you so much, but I'm in love with you. Let's run away together and I'm dead." Yeah. Just there were so many moments where they could have just turned out of the skid into something else. They they had so many moments where they were like all right, yes, this this is based off fucking nihilism and the, and the main bad guy is whatever, but 
We can still make good on stuff. We have this fucking rapper dude who's like a nice guy. Oh, no, wait, he's dead. Right? We have this other thing. Oh, no, wait, they're dead. Oh, well, we have, like, Taro, and he could be, like, another example of, of a fucking devil man. Oh, he ate his mom. Oh, wait, no, the dad can maybe save the mom and the nope, kid. Oh, no, no wait. He's, he's shot to pieces. <laughs> yep, just fucking... Yeah, that, and that's and that's I said this in the text when I was watching the last few episodes of this. I hate pure nihilism, not just because I disagree with it personally, but because it's a dead end. Yeah, it's just like narratively speaking, there is nothing you can do with pure nihilism. You just you basically, and also the way that the figure at the last shot is God destroying the world again. I basically in my head went with the old bad trope from Stephen King stories: rocks fall, everybody dies. <laughs> I was kind of too busy laughing. I I was so mad. I was so mad at the last episode. I was like, wow. You almost had me for a while. And then you landed wrong. <laughs> no, they didn't even land wrong. They got fucking shot in the air like they were Dick Grayson's parents. Like, <sighs> just so much. This, I feel like I was laughing just because I realized this whole series was just a big troll. Just they kept throwing in these elements of, yes, we're doing the story, but we're going to do it differently. Things can be fine now. And then. Nope. <laughs> and just, yep, yeah, get fucked. Everything's garbage. You're all going to die in the end and nothing matters. Buy our book. Just eat my ass, you fuckers. We already get paid from Netflix. Yeah. It's weird that I'm talking about the Uro Butcher tonight and that, and he's not the most nihilistic thing I, I watched. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I get, I'm beginning to see why a lot of people really hate this show. I'm not sure how low my rating's gonna go at the end, but it's amazing how much of a drop-off there is between the initial potential at the beginning and, the, and how much it fails at the end. Also, it's some a lot of the stylistic stuff started to grate on me by the end. Like, you can see how cheap the animation is. The score is actually super repetitive for everything. Yeah, that's, like, because, have, that's, like, because, that's because all the music they have is fucking, like, 90s Euro dance club music. Yeah, and not even that much of it. It feels like they've only, they only got, like, two or three minutes worth of music samples and just played them ad nauseum. Yeah. I guess because they wasted all their money budget hiring rappers. I I expected them to be something. Yeah, like at yeah, I any point. That to have, particularly that scene where one of the rappers just comes up to Miki and just they straight up change the the art the angle so it looks like he's just rapping to us. Yeah. Until the end, and then it's and then I'm not for a second I was convinced like did that actually happen or were we just seeing like a breaking the fourth wall moment? And I was like, wait, oh, okay. No, that dude just spit and it just fucking got a real emotional response from her, and then he dies off screen. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. No. Fuck. I I don't see how people are saying even, this is the best of the year. I. Just, mm. This is not best of the year material. <laughs> this ain't even best of the stuff I've watched this week. Oh. Fuck me. Yeah. Oh. Remember when so, we began we and we actually like had energy about this? 
Yeah. Like last well, like, and I think like, compared last week to this week, and it is just like, yeah, okay, okay, so things are weird, but hey, this has this has legs, this can go places. This week, fuck. Shoved his yeah. legs up his own ass and tried to hop to the finish line. Well, because and this is what I was afraid might happen. Because when I got to when I got through the first three episodes, or three or four episodes, I was like, okay. I I know enough about the story that I know a lot of the bad, dumb, boring places this could go. Maybe Iwasa's because like this, it was what was getting me through it was the stylistic flourishes and the like small narrative changes that he was making to how things were playing out up to that point. That kind of made it more tolerable than the previous adaptation I had seen, but. Now, I will say this for the uh, the previous adaptation, at least the the moments that were supposed to have narrative weight slowed down enough to give them narrative weight. This this narrative weight. You what's that? Is that like ass meat weight? Because we got that you shit. Can't, in fucking okay, let me just mass. Put, you can't do it. You can't do a crash course in nihilism. And that's what this is. This is a crash course in nihilism. You can't do that. Hmm. Uh, okay, let's move on. Yes, let's. All right, you want to go first or should I? Uh, I'll go first this time. All right. So, no isekai this week, but I do have a reverse isekai. Dead Mount Death Play. Okay. So, in Dead Mount Deathplay, starts out, a group of heroes, legendary heroes, whatever, fucking big dick swinging, I'm awesome shit. They go to fight the big fucking necromancer demon lord. <laughs> As they're fighting him, he casts a spell and disappears. It ends up in the body of some fucking kid in modern day Japan. Turns out he was. Turns out he was. Uh, turns out the kid that he is inhabiting was assassinated by the mob. So the assassin comes back, and he gets into you know anime fight mode using his necromancy powers to just like create a, create a, like a giant skeletal hand and smack the assassin into a wall. Then picks up and tries to get information out of her, but realizes she's dead because people in this world die as easily as they do because die really easily because it's reality. And being smacked with enough force to lift the human body up off the ground into a concrete pillar will kill a person. So he brings her back. And it, and then the series is just her, just him and this assassin who is a crazy high school student, I think. As they just try to adjust him to everyday normal life and he tries to just have a normal life because that's all he ever wanted. But he, but he was a necromancer in his old world, which meant he had to be murdered. Hmm. Okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah, and it's pretty all right. Uh, it's had it's had, some, it's had decent comedy to it. Uh, it doesn't handle it doesn't handle the stuff that it's dealing with like too seriously, which is for the best. If they tried to make this a more like serious kind of reverse guy story of like, oh hey, the fantasy element, but in the real world, that would just be stupid. Well, it could work, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't work. For, it wouldn't work very well, and it would need to be like really well written. This isn't stupendously written, but it's solid. And I also just kind of like the idea of just this super powerful, awesome demon necromancer dude 
want to just like have a house. Just like, just like his whole goal is, I want to go like I want to. I want to spend the rest of my life not having to use my powers to defend myself from people trying to murder me. Which is, that's a goal I can understand. Yep. Art wise, it's art wise is a lot of fun. Not a lot of fun. It's fun. It is. Is it? They managed to. They manages to. Has the energy behind it? Has the right? Has the right level of skill? I I don't know what I'm saying anymore. It's fine. Apparently, it works for what you want. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I think I had a stroke. You're 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 still recovering from crybaby. Little bit. Yeah, it's Which, fine. It, you know, what it's doing. Where's what it's doing? Uh, the demons, the necromancy stuff. It has a. It has the right level of detail to it in terms of having, in terms of it being like really fucking dark and shit. But they're able to like actually have that really dark shit and use it for a comedic effect, like having. Like, like there are a couple times where he just like uses his like giant skeletal demon hands and just like gives like thumbs up with them and shit. Okay. And it all and it all works. It is a fun kind of rever- it's a fun reverse Isekai story. It's four chapters deep right now, and I can. And I can unfortunately see it going nowhere fast. Okay. We'll keep yeah, going. Yeah, there's, there's not a big, like, there's not a big narrative arc that they could really do or anything to make it actually, to make it actually, like, matter in the end. It seems like it'd be a kind of series that tries to ride off concept alone and just kind of retell the same story over and over again. Yeah, okay. Speaking of yeah, that thing. Yeah, speaking of that thing I just said. Mm-hmm. Marriage Hunting of Legendary Brave. Okay. So, this one is a fantasy story by a legendary hero that isn't Isekai. And it's relatively new, so it's fucking shocking already. Yeah, so Fantasy World, legendary party heroes. They went out to do fucking whatever. And they did. They survived. They lived, and everything is great. Uh, then two of the party announced that they're getting married. And so the hero of the party uh, reveals that, hey, I want to be I want to be happy and in love and have a relationship and get married, too. But I literally don't know how to do that because I've never been anything but a hero. And now that the big bad threat's dead, the fuck do I do? Yeah, I always like the stories where the uh, hero has to suddenly live life. Yeah. And so the story is the hero going from town to town, signing up for dating services <laughs> under assumed identities so nobody knows he's the hero. So that, so that, so that anybody falls in love with him, they will love him for him. And getting into shenanigans. Sounds like that could be fun. Yeah, and it kind of is. But is that same kind of thing of... They got the concept. The, the structure doesn't. The structure doesn't give you a lot to work with. Yeah, it is. He ends up in an area. Yeah, he so he goes to an area, signs up for a dating service, goes on a date. He's really awkward. Doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So the lady's like, eh, I don't know about you. Then then bad things happen. He reveals he is the hero, and then he has to leave. And the girls are like, Hey, you know what? He wasn't that bad. Cut. Copy. Repeat. Yeah, that that sounds like um, a raunchier version of this, 
it would be something like uh, Golden Boy, where the main character is a graduates from law is about it leaves law school three days before he graduates with a law degree because he just wants to keep learning shit, and so he just keeps getting involved in these situations with with women in position professional women in positions of professional responsibility, and they all find him kind of goofy and weird because of his his sec his his sexuality moments uh-huh. but then they discover that like he's really good at everything and learns how to be helpful very fast so the moment that their panties are wet he always leaves yeah it there needs to be an so actual sounds like a similar form for these things yeah like i understand the i understand like episodic storytelling but it needs to actually be storytelling and not just episodes Yeah, so it's unfortunate. This the series has the series has a lot of things going for it. It has a I like the premise of it. Art style works really well for it. Uh they the, the writer managed to give the give the hero some I like the hero. I like I like just how fucking clueless he is, but he still has personality to him. Yeah, no, same for the uh Kentaro Oe, the main character in Golden Boy. Yeah, like in in this thing, he doesn't know how to dress like a normal person. So whenever he goes on the date, it's like, all right, I gotta dress up. So he goes, so he goes around town dressed up like a fucking merchant from a JRPG. Yeah, just giant collars, polka dots, fucking bow ties the side of his head. Because he's like, yeah, this is how people normally dress when they go on dates, right? I don't understand why. Why is everyone laughing at me? And he is like in, completely stone faced about everything. And completely oblivious to everything around him. And it is endearing. Yeah. It is possible to make that kind of character endearing. Yeah, and this and this does that. And actually they and they actually show a in one of the early in one of the early chapters, he actually makes a friend. His first friend that is his friend without him that made that the first friend that he's made since becoming the hero. And that friend is kind of a way to make this character non-endearing because he is the fantasy world equivalent of a fedora boy. He's this big fat asshole with glasses who is super obsessed and nerdy about one specific thing. And if women don't respect him, he's like, ah, these bitches aren't cultured enough. And that's his first friend. So yeah, that's, Luckily, he's not. Luckily, that guy, the character's not in it long. Like I think of the like thirty some chapters, I think that are out, he's appeared in four, in relatively minor roles. So, yeah, you could have had that, but instead we got fucking just decent guy who's completely oblivious. Yeah, but it's great. But All there, right. there needs to be a three you, line. You, there needs to be an yeah, actual story. Need, yeah, tell me a story. Don't just tell me clips. Yeah. So moving on to probably the most interesting thing that I'll end up being because I don't completely butchering when I talk about it. Uh, B stars. Okay. So you know the Disney movie Zootopia. Yeah. What if that was like super real? <laughs> 
Okay, what do you mean by super real? Like happening in the real world or No, like uh like for example so so you know how in that movie like like you know carnivores and predators uh they don't eat meat unless they go like fucking super feral and shit. Mm-hmm. In this, they don't eat meat, but they still kind of do because there's a back alley that ends up butchering and selling herbivore meat. And like there's a fucking aardvark sitting entrance to place like, hey, man, give me 20 bucks and I'll eat one of my fingers. And the carnivore like, fuck, yes, I need this. And okay. like and like cross species relationships are a thing that happened and are incredibly frowned upon because a because a deer fucking a bunny is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically just like any like this. This thing is just Zootopia, but in a school. And the and a lot of and a lot of like questions people had about Zootopia make more sense in this. Okay. Like in this, in instead of like instead of like carnivores, they eat meat supplements as well as eggs because chickens still lay eggs that are unfertilized, and they sell those eggs. Like one of the one of the characters in this there's a little like. Basically, like a side chapter where we follow this chicken whose part-time job at school is selling her eggs to the school cafeteria. Okay. And yeah, so the story is set in this high school, uh, focusing on a gray wolf named Lugosi. And his quest to fuck a rabbit. Who is kind okay. of, who is a bit, who just kind of fucks a lot. Okay. That's another thing. The rabbit ends up becoming a bit, the, ra- the rabbit's a bit loose because the only way time she ever is seen as anything other than a cute rabbit is when she's fucking people. Okay. <laughs> but she's still like a nice person and like a kind of fun character and an interesting relationship with Lugosi. And Lugosi himself, yeah, okay. like, he kind of doesn't like the fact that he's a wolf. Because he has all these fucking urges and shit, like, like you do. Like, he, like his whole, like, like, they have, like, the carnivores in this have a subconscious built-in urge to eat meat. Yeah. Okay. Which is, like, their natural state of being. And so... And so the school is very much about them trying to like them trying to like ha- li- them trying to live together with herbivores and the herbivores and herbivores trying to live together with them. But everybody is still kind of walking around on eggshells because. Yeah, because of nature. Yeah. And I really dig this. OK. Like Lugosi is a. Lugosi is a sympathetic character. He is a very nice person. Very very nice wolf. He's a good boy. He's a good doggy. But he's and he's and he's doing his best to try to like overcome this uh like overcome his like baser instincts. And he's doing it with the help of a panda who is a doctor and also the strongest person in the world, I think. Okay. Cuz there's a point where Lugosi and this panda bear fight the lion mafia. Sure. To rescue the rabbit before the lion mafia gets taken over by a deer. Yeah. It's a very, it's a, it's an odd series to talk about 
because this stuff is done in a very straightforward manner. It is done like, hey, this is a story of this is an anime story of a high school student who is super great at everything becoming a mob boss. It's a story that you've probably seen before in some anime and it's done and it's done in the same level of seriousness as other stuff. But all the, but all the mafioso are lions and the new boss is a deer. Yeah, okay. And one of the main struggles that the deer has is that he has to eat meat with the other lions, but because he's a deer, he that is slowly killing him because he because he can't get nutrients from meat like lions can. So pretty much every time he eats meat, he then has to leave the room and throw up the meat that he ate, and he's slowly emaciating himself. So one of the lions says, hey, boss, I know that you like can't eat meat and stuff, so I bought you a salad from the grocery store. And it's all played straight. And yeah. in context, it works. It's just describing it. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like this is another one of those series that I'm sure it's fine, but trying to describe it to another person who hasn't read it or seen any of it, it's just going to come off. You're going to come off like a crazy person. Yes. Yes, I am. And yeah, so, so it takes the, but, but yeah, just oh, final yeah, thought. It takes, it, it takes all the stuff that, you know, they couldn't really go full hog with in Zootopia because it's the children's thing. Just takes all the stuff. They either didn't address properly or left out of that and bring that to the forefront in this and make a kind of more realized world. Okay. So yeah, B stars. It's actually really solid. Check it out. Ah, <laughs> uh, then final thing. Uh, latest chapter of uh, Rising of the Shield Hero. They are getting into the weird stuff. Because from what I understand, uh, up till now we've been in the beginning kind of arc. Like, even though we've been going over different arcs and different storyline stuff, we've kind of been in, like, the initial part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. hero story, and we're now getting into the more extra-dimensional shit. That's kind of all I can really say with us until I, unless I just explain the last 12 chapters. Which I kind of don't feel like doing. Okay. That's what I got. Okay. So, I mentioned this to Deadman before the show started. Um, the perfect cleanser for me after um, the awfulness that was Devilman Crybaby's ending is com- is complete comedic madness. Okay, you left out the comedic part. I mean, it was utter madness, yeah, but yeah, it's a comedy. Ju- yeah, you just said utter madness. I was like, what? You sat down and watched all of fucking Boogie Pop Phantom again? I mean, it was still utter madness. I'm the only reason I'm talking about it is because it's supposed to be funny, I think. <laughs> because it's a parody of stuff. Okay. So one of the new shows from this season, Pop Team Epic. I don't think I've even heard of that. I don't think I saw it on the list of new shows coming out. Oh, wait. Oh, this new season. Yeah. It's a fork. It's based on a four coma manga. And I think there's a point. 
because um, okay. the very opening trolls you. Because we start off this thing in like a like a well a traditionally animated opening scene where like this high schooler student is happy that his parents are leaving so that uh, he can have the house to himself and have high school adventures. And then the mom says, hey, uh, take care of this person. He's like, who's this person? Then cut to the opening scene where it's like cute girls doing cute things. Turns out they're in an idol group. So that scene ends. You think it's a romantic comedy. Then the main characters of the actual show literally tear up the animation of the last image we're seeing and start the actual show. Is this the show with the weird pill-shaped person? Yes. Okay. I've seen this kicking around places, and I have no idea what the fuck it is. It's a genre parody. Is the best way I can put it. What genre? Because all of them? Well, it's ambitious. I'll give it that. Okay. So... As far as I can tell, there are two main characters, a blonde 7th grader and a black-haired 7th grader. They are the comedic duo in all of these stories, as far as I can tell. Yeah, one looks like, yeah, one looks like Atlas and one looks like Peabody from Portal 2. Yeah. Um, the first story is a Final Fantasy parody. Where the blonde one runs into the black-haired one. The black-haired one asks for a necklace back. And a text screen pops up whether to say yes or no. The blonde says no. At which point the the black-haired one uses an AoE attack. Which does max damage of 9999999. And the scene ends. What the fuck? At which point we cut to a CG CG anime in France where the two main characters are Japanese people pretending to be French, complete with the black-haired one having mime clothes and makeup. And it ends with a French person flipping them off. So cutting to the chase. Immediately afterwards... um, the blonde-haired, the blonde-haired one wakes up in a tube where she is saved by the black-haired one shooting, jumping through a glass window, and sh- and uh, sh- killing all the people, all the aliens in this lab she's trapped in. Cue the Guardians of the Galaxy opening. Cutting to the chase. It's weird, random, and I think it's worth one look. I was gonna say, like, is it funny? Sometimes. When you're this random, there's a chance. <laughs> so, it fails as a parody, then. And it's more just references. I guess. I I really have trouble describing this, other than... There's a scene... Like, some of it's more like traditional slapstick comedy, where the two girls are standing in a park, and the blonde-haired one... Like, starts poking her. It's like, does that hurt? And she just keeps saying no. Until it escalates to her just, like, punching her, cutting her into little bits, and selling her as chopped radish and saying, does it hurt? And she keeps saying no.
I you thought you had trouble talking about your series to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to say any of this, dude. It just. Just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So watch an episode, see what you think. One episode should do you. Okay. All right. Now, moving on to something that has a plot, but an anth- anthology plot. Um, <laughs> remember how weirded out we were that um, Madhouse directed Boogie Pop Phantom? Yes. Well, here's another series Madhouse directed that I had that I had heard of but never watched, an OVA horror anthology series called Pet Shop of Monsters. Okay. Yeah. So the premise of every episode is that some person or people with problems go see this this pet shop owner in Chinatown in New York who offers them rare, unusual pets. Including supernatural ones. And a lot of these people who have used, uh, who have bought pets from this pet store wind up dead or missing. So, the most 90s anime cop ever keeps showing up trying to figure out what happened. But he can... (laughs) And the stories, they run a gamut. (laughs) Like, the first story is a story about a mother who spoils her child so much that she ends up killing her due to the child's drug addiction, buying a rabbit who the pet shop owner gives explicit instructions to the parents who they give this rabbit to not to give it anything other than vegetables and water. By the way, this rabbit has the ability to make illusions to make itself look like their daughter. Okay. So they, the mom being the bad mom, because she refuses to not do what's right and just spoil the kid with that or whatever she wants regardless, gives a bit of candy, a chocolate candy, to the rabbit. At which point it turns out that these rabbits breed... Like a combination of chest bursters and gremlins. Yeah, I was going to say, this is just fucking gremlins, but it's an anthology morality tale. Yeah, because the rabbit... Six rabbits breed from one, and the, the, the infants eat out their mother's uterus when they're born. Sure. So, dad ends up dead. Servants in the house end up dead. Mom survives... By the sheer luck of the fact that she, it it took a little while, but rabbits are should not are technically human chocolates poisonous to rabbits, and the rabbit dies. Fucking what? Yeah. The point of a morality tale is to teach a person a lesson. Yeah. Well, they're taught a lesson in that her husband is dead, her family is dead. Uh, she's the last image we see in the in the uh, picture is the rabbit that ki- that it made itself look like her daughter, with its chest literally exploded out and a whole bunch of dead demon rabbits around her. So remember, kids, don't spoil don't spoil your children, or their children will kill them as well as everyone you know. Yeah, 
And some of them are not necessarily morality tales. The fifth, the fourth episode, there's only four episodes, so it's actually relatively easy to get through this. Um, I want to. Hmm? Well, oh. because some of it's just plain freaking weird. Like, this congressman shows up at the pet shop saying, Hey, uh, I heard about this story about some pet you could sell that, like, improves luck and, like, is known to give like, wait to leaders of, like, famous political leaders. So here's a rabbit that looks like your daughter. No, uh, it's a dragon horse <laughs> that looks like a small child. <laughs> what? <laughs> the fuck is a dragon horse? Uh, they call it the Kirin, and it's it, it seems to be based on, like, one of the four, like, mythical guardian animals from Chinese mythology. But like the Kieran chooses its owner, and oh, this the thing. owner, okay, yeah, and uh, the the Kieran chooses the congressman's assistant, and the congressman's assistant is one of those guys who is like he he was wowed by the charm and abilities of the congressman as like he's like super athletic, he's super charming. He's sexy to the point that he cheats on his wife, who the wife is in love with the congress with the congressman's assistant. But he's too much of a devotee to the congressman to ever give him that. Yeah, sure. So the the assistant makes a wish that the Kieran will allow the congressman to become president. What ends up happening is uh, a bus a. A bus full of kids, um, the brakes on it, and down, and the kid, and so the congressman and the assistant try to use their their car to stop the train from the bus from going over the edge. Instead, they crash and go over the edge. At which point, the Kieran reveals its true form, and the assistant makes his wish. But instead of wishing for the other guy to be president, he wishes for the congressman's wife to be happy. The end result being. He's given, he's literally given the life of the congressman. Like, he remembers who he used to be, but he is now the congressman married to the woman who was in love with him, and the congressman died that day in his body. Wait, what? Yeah, so the assistant wakes up, he is now the congressman. Because he both, he wished for the wife of the congressman to be happy. And this was somehow interpreted as you will become the congressman, become president, and make her happy. So, was... So, backing up. Mm -hmm. You said that... So, so assistant and congresswife, the two of them were in love, but they they wouldn't, he wouldn't, because devoted to the congressman. Yes. But, like, the way it was playing out, like, he kept trying to sell her on the congressman becoming president because it's like he could make things better. He has the kind of potential to be a great leader. And she's like, I just want to be happy, and I'm not entirely convinced I can be happy with this guy. So the solution was to have her technically stay with that guy. Yeah, it's 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 weird and fucked up. I don't get it. But it, just just this. That's not how that. I've seen this tale before. That's not how it goes. How it goes is the bad one dies, and but in his own body, and then the good one lives and then just is. 
Yeah, and that's the weird twist on it. I kind of want you to watch that episode just to see it because you'll have the same reaction Caveman and I did. Because like this is, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Caveman of the site got married last weekend, and congrats to him. Yeah, congrats to him. And I was in charge of keeping him sane until the wedding. So, so you showed him weird tales about husbands dying. Yeah, I showed him weird horror stuff and <laughs> other stuff. Like I showed him all of this. And Happy Death Day, and he liked all of it. He really liked happy. He really liked all of the episodes of this. The first one probably the least because it was the least weird. Because the two middle ones are kind of the be- are the best for me in terms of like pure tragedy, because one features um, the association between a mer- like you know how Western anime uh, Western. Stories don't do this as much, but they really should about how mermaids really are like monstrous sirens. Yeah. That like ensnare men. And they make a connection between an actual mermaid and like this beloved singer who the guy was technically marrying just to keep her happy. When he, when she, when that woman found out that he was actually in love with someone else and was just marrying her to keep her happy, she got so pissy that she literally killed herself to make him fall in love with her memory. I guess she was a fan of 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> yeah. And the third one is my favorite, personally, because I've never seen a Medusa as a tragic heroine. Like, literal snakehead Medusa. Well, I mean, at some point, you had to think, like, somebody would be one. Yeah. In this story in particular, because the implication seems to be that the Medusa fell in love with Mark Hamill. <laughs> like actual Mark Hamill or like no like a stand-in for Mark Hamill it's like a actor who was famous for a a space opera with a sword in the 70s who has not done much since at that point in the mid 90s all right so uh so Hark Mammal yeah basically starring as and... Luke Cloud Strider yeah let's go with that and it, it... And it end, when he realizes that he will never escape um, the memory of who he of who that one person was, he decided when he and the, the pet shop owner told him, like this is a Medusa, she looks at you, you will die. And he he forces her to look at him so that he will kill himself, so that he will die. Wait, so he bought the Medusa as a pet? Yeah, he bought a person. Yeah, but was not was sold as a pet because snake lady. Sure, whatever. I would yeah. say she was more lady than snake, but whatever. Yeah, well, the last image we see, she's more reptile than person because it turns out she actually did fall in love with Mark Hamill. So that when he kills himself with using her sight, she then uses a mirror to look at herself and kill herself. feel like, you know, just some sunglasses or, like, some contact lenses really brighten these people's days. Yeah. No, these people were clearly depressed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. But just, like, your average your average Gorgon out there. Just, yeah, well, I mean, like, she was, contact lenses, she was wearing, you are I mean, good. I mean, she was wearing a blindfold throughout the entire episode until he forced her to take it off to look at him. Ah, well, I, again, just 
contact lenses. It's it's direct line of sight based on stupid magic yeah, bullshit. No, I know, I know. Is anybody out there writing but, a story okay. about a Medusa? Yeah. So I kind of want you to watch this at some point, Dead Man, just for two reasons. One, uh, I'm curious how you would react to this kind of like anthology monster horror. Two, the dub is hilarious. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Kind of both. <laughs> because um, the cop is, he sounds so bored even when he's yelling that it's really some stop, don't come back. I will shit. get to the bottom of these deaths. Yeah. You and will not stop pet- me, shop owner. Yeah, and the pet shop owner is the most fey, swishy, probably a trap character I've ever seen. Like, wears an actual Chinese dress, full, like, thick purple makeup, thin, bony structure, but totally talks like this in a suggestive way. Just in my head. All I'm just hearing is, oh. That's actually not far off. Oh. And it's even funnier when that character in that voice is saying, Hello, Mr. Mayor. How are you enjoying your Emperor Penguin? Oh, hello, Mr. Mayor. How are you enjoying your penguin? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, the, the cop tries to go to the mayor's office to get the place shut down until he finds out that the mayor is a customer of the pet shop. <laughs> also, I think we just got our title. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Mayor. How are you enjoying your penguin? <sighs> I love providing those. Anyway, I think it's okay. It's not the greatest animated in the world. It's got some really stodgy, like, static images that it tries to make move with <laughs> digital enhancement. Oh, honey. But it was made in the mid-90s as an OVA, so it probably wasn't all that expensive. <laughs> and, and I don't... I didn't... I bought this, but I bought it for $3. <laughs> Their production budget was probably one season of Digimon. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, last big thing. Like I said, I watched an Urobuchi product. I watched the first episode of Netflix's new Godzilla anime. And how was it? Pretty good. Okay. Considered. I mean, I would have preferred it not be CG animated by Polygon Pictures, the people oh, responsible but for the people responsible for Berserk and Knights of Sidonia. Fuck. Now I can't watch it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's actually better CG animated than most, so I'm curious what you would think if you ever watched it. But I, I don't think I ever will, yeah. because that would just yeah. be supporting this. Yeah. And I am but, like, um, I, feel like, I feel like I'm morally opposed to CG anime. Yeah, you seem to be. I have my problems with it. I don't hate it as much as you do, but I have my problems with it. But anyway, the story... It feels like a very interesting part of the story was just kind of glossed over where all of the kaiju from all of the Godzilla movies just start destroying the world and humanity's barely hanging on until Godzilla shows up, kills all of them, and then kills the human, starts killing humans. At which point, all of the aliens, species that have ever tried to conquer Earth, show up and say they will kill Godzilla. 
until they also fail, at which point they say, okay, humans, on the ship, we're getting you out of here. And that's the backstory? Yeah, that's in the first three minutes. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. That, that that sounds like a sequel to Final Wars. Yeah, kind of. But and that's just and that's just in that's like the fucking open. That's just in like the fucking opening, like the opening crawl of an anime. Explaining yeah, literally the all that. All of that's before the title drops. Jesus, they must be. They must be really banking on their idea for a series being more interesting than that. Yeah, I guess. There are some bright spots in that, and I'll get to them. Um, so humans leave Earth on this make on this plant on this ship with what they according to what they thought was another habitable planet for um for humans. And unfortunately when they get there they discover that um while the atmosphere is technically breathable, the concentrations of certain chemicals are such that um, igniting anything on the planet causes violent explosions. Huh. So, yeah, that's a big no. It's a bit of a problem. Yeah. So, at that point, the humanity is trying to figure out what to do. It's like, do we just keep looking in the vastness of space for another planet when we have no idea what we can use? And it got worse after... Uh, and because of the dwindling supplies, the ship's commanders have been sending the elderly and the children on shuttles to test planets. And they just, the shuttle blew, the last shuttle they tested blew up full of elderly and children. But wait, it, if, if they're trying to light anything that sets the atmosphere on fire, how do they fire rockets? That's the thing. They got into the atmosphere and it blew up. But it's, but, but, what, but? I could, I'd, you'd have to watch it to contradict me, Dead no, like, I don't think you're going to do that. But the atmosphere is the planet. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They, they got to the, they got to the planet's orbit. They tested it. They tried to send someone down. It blew up. So the planet they're on isn't the one with the blow up, blowing up atmosphere. They're never they're never on a planet until they go back to Earth. They are just riding around in this ship. Okay, that's where the confusion was. Okay, sorry, I should have made that. Yeah, clear. I thought no. They yeah, are like, just on a ship that has dwindling supplies and maybe four four or five thousand people all told, including some. Members of the alien races that helped build the ship, the which I include the, I don't know how many Godzilla movies you've seen, but um, I've seen the ones the, we watched for the website. Yeah, so the villains from Final Wars are okay. one of the races, and uh, uh, who are the same race as the ones from uh, Astro Monster, and the ape people from the third planet in the black hole, who created Mecha Godzilla. Okay, which Mechagodzilla? Because aren't there like five? The the original one, the evil one. Okay. Yeah, from the seventies. You really should watch that movie at some point if you want some silly weirdness. But um, so uh, our main character 
his last memory of Earth is Godzilla nuking his parents, so he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Okay. And he is all for going back to Earth and retaking it so that A, he can kill Godzilla, and B, humanity can survive. Big emphasis on A versus B. (laughs) Because he is full-on Ahab, like, I don't care. I only kind of have to care about the rest of you. I really just want to kill Godzilla. Okay, who's his Ishmael? uh, uh, Probably the member of the Exians who is kind of like his Spock. Like, he's like a... Re- he's a, a super uh, all, pure logic religious... Uh, p- this is the weirdest part. He's a pure logic holy man. Like, he is a... His religion is all about logic and explaining the universe through the occurrences that occur and some sort of divine me- mechanism. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So eventually enough of them with the loss of their own, their last chance at a habitable planet in the outer space, they decide, okay, we have to at least try to go back to earth. Otherwise humanity's doomed. So because there are 4,000, you're already pretty fucked. Yeah. So they get back, but planet of the apes style, they discover that uh, they've been gone from Earth for 20,000 years because they didn't realize how much effect the time dilation warp drive they were using to travel through space would affect, would increase the passage of time. Like, they estimated how much it would. They estimated how much it might cost them. They underestimated. (laughs) (laughs) But how much? 10,000 years. Okay, so it wasn't like, all right, yeah, so we'll be, all right, yeah, so we'll be doing this thing. We'll be going to this other planet. It'll take a, it'll take about like five hundred years. Yeah, that's what I was assuming. I was assuming it'd be like, oh yeah, we've been gone five hundred years. No, wait, we've been gone twenty thousand. Yeah, at which point, uh, the title of the first episode, because this is a series of feature length episodes, is revealed: Planet of Monsters, because Godzilla has terraformed Earth. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, Godzilla's DNA has become central to most forms of plants and animals that now exist on the planet. So in 20,000 years, Godzilla fucked the Earth. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So when they get back to Earth, uh, they find evidence that Godzilla's still alive, of course. Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. They land. They start landing places to try to inspect the Earth as best they can. At which point, they're attacked by Godzilla dragons. So Godzilla? No, no, like flying wyvern type dragons that are once they kill one of their, they're inspected and they discover that a lot of like the teeth and skin on it are symbol are remarkably similar to Godzilla's DNA. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So eventually, just for the sake of uh, not losing any more people to swarms of random animals, they combine their forces at one point. Unfortunately, the path they want to take to the most, as far as I can tell from their scans, habitable location is straight through Godzilla. Yeah, of course. I'm surprised it's not inside Godzilla. Yeah. 
And of course, uh, the aliens being the aliens, they have developed some theories about ways to kill Godzilla that, considering humanity has few options, they decide to go with just so they have a somewhat safer place to try to terraform. So the last 20 minutes is a fight between humans on laser on laser shooting jet cycles versus Godzilla combined with Godzilla humans with laser shoot with with laser machine guns jet cycles and like spider tanks versus Godzilla hold the fuck up yeah what yeah because i mean they developed this technology because of like cooperation with the alien races and what did they use to manufacture it rocks and godzilla shit they apparently did have resources for like producing metal they just didn't have any means of producing food yeah that's a fucking priority well we well we got like thousands of people on this fucking spaceship what should we prioritize metal or food hmm. this that is yeah fuck god damn it yeah. So anyway, uh, their plan actually works, and they kill this Godzilla. <laughs> oh, God, this already sounds just fucking stupid. At which point they discovered they killed an infant. Of course they fucking did. At which point the real Godzilla literally wakes up by displacing the mountain that formed over him. <clears throat> and as far as I can tell from the ending, all but maybe one or two of the main characters are dead by the end of the first episode. Fucking super. At which point we discover some hum- some humanoids have survived on Earth since humanity left. Are they, they Godzilla just people? With monsters. Close. Mothra people. Uh. Fuck me sideways. This is what the fuck. Yep. I don't know if it's this might be because I'm not a big Godzilla fan. All of this just sounds infuriatingly dumb. Eh. Not true for me. Like as like we talk about as, as we talk about it more and more, I'm just getting fucking more and more frustrated. Just this is so fucking just what? That's pretty much all my thoughts on this. Just fucking what? Ah, so you're you're on this where I was on Pop Team Epic. What? Sure. Anyway, that's it for me. Uh, okay. Those are what we're watching, reading, fucking whatever, on the news. <coughs> First up. Uh, we got new visual as well as a, an actual studio reveal for the upcoming Sword Art Online spinoff, Alternative Gun Gale Online. No one cares. J- my buddy James kind of does. Please correct him. He knows Sword Art Online is terrible. Like he straight up said, "Like, hey, I hate Sword Art. It's fucking terrible." But that new one looks not bad. Yeah. yeah, that's like the people. That's like the people who say, "Yeah, I hate the Transformers movies, but the next one should be good." Anyway, 
Yeah, so the website revealed new visual showing off what the art style will be for the thing, which is it looks like anime. Yeah. And they also revealed that it'll be done by Studio 3 Hertz, the studio that did Flip Flappers and Princess Principal. Yeah. So get fucking ready. This is April. A tiny pink person with a pink SMG is coming for you. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I know you don't care. I'm going to end I up watching it, but I just don't. I know this a new story I kind of care about that's bizarre. What's that? Uh, the main character of the boxing manga Hajime no Ippo, Makinochi uh, Ippo, announces he's retiring from boxing. <laughs> what? What? Yep. After his most recent loss, as which was supposed to be a comeback match after his loss against the world champion, uh, he goes to see a uh, neurologist to see whether or not he's suffering from the sim- uh, CTE symptoms or what's more known as punch drunk syndrome. Uh, the doctor says, uh, there's no way to tell if you suffered from punch drunk syndrome until after we study your brain tissue when you die. But if you even think you have it, continuing to box is probably a bad idea. So, Ippo just straight up quits. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. That. That is incredible. Wow. Okay, yeah, fuck. There's one way to go about it. It's unclear to me whether how long this if given that you are a boxing manga and your main boxing character is quitting, I don't know how much longer you intend to continue the series. Maybe but, like, they, this writer has been writing this series since before I was born, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe they'll go into a second core where he becomes a boxing coach. Yeah, I don't know. Just hey, just, I'm this, Epo. I used this to be- is this, like for long running series. You don't expect this big of a dis- of a disruption of the status quo. <laughs> yeah, that would kind of be like if the middle of Naruto Naruto just decides to quit and become an accountant. Yeah. Or like in Detective Conan, he does actually grow back up and just get together with his girlfriend. Yeah, just it just ends. <laughs> just in the middle of a case, just Conan's like, oh, hey, I'm back to normal. It was that guy. Peace. Anyway, moving on. So, at a celebration event for the film Ready Player One in Tokyo, Yusuke Murata, the artist of One Punch Man and Ice Shield 21... Announced that he'll be launching an anime, a manga series based off of Back to the Future. Okay. I kind of wish he would get back to One Punch Man personally, but. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Bob Gale, the original screenwriter for fucking Back to the Future, will be supervising the manga, which will include story elements not seen in the films. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Uh, All the people that would care about a manga of of Back to the Future would rather just watch the movie if you didn't add anything else. <laughs> yeah. So there was a there's a bit there was a little bit of a splash page thing released. Uh, 
it has Marty, the DeLorean, Doc, uh, the various iterations of Biff, Marty's parents, Marty's girlfriend, Marty playing Johnny B. Good, Doc's girlfriend from Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah. All of the hits. And I mean, it looks great. Because it's yeah, Murata, I mean, but it's, like... Yeah, it's Murata. It's going to be super detailed and strange. And weirdly is enough... Is he writing ca- it or just drawing it? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Because, like, Murata's... I've never known Murata to be a writer, so... Yeah, I don't... It, I, it doesn't say. <laughs> okay. That could be... Well, I mean, it will be interesting because it's Murata. It could be good. <laughs> Yeah. I also think it's kind of weird. Like, the character who looks the most like themselves is Marty's dad. And, yeah. I mean, I can see Biff. a little... I can, I, can, I can see a little of Michael J. Fox in how they designed him in the new art. But his mom... Marty's mom does not look like Marty's mom. No, his, his mom is like an anime character. Yeah. As does Doc Brown, although it's closer to Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. But... Although we have had this weird resurgence of Back to the Future in the last couple of years, so I'm not that surprised. But I, a little lamb. Yeah. Anyway. Well, also, else? apparently, an extremely high hurdle for Murata is drawing Michael J. Fox's likeness. Okay. Those are apparently his words. Okay. Good that you're challenging yourself, dude. <laughs> uh, the manga will be against serialization on the Kono Manga Gasugoi website at a date to be later announced. However, the first volume will be available for purchase on April 20th. I... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. This is a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final thing. Uh, Betten Court, the artist for the My Hero Academia spinoff Vigilantes. Uh, he posted the cover art for the third volume of the thing. Uh, the wraparound jacket band also, uh, for that thing, revealed that the third season of the, t- of the anime based off of the regular... My Hero Academia is going to be premiering on April 7th. Yeah, okay. That's what we got. I This was a weird day. Yeah. Just You could really sum it up with just what? Yep, pretty much. Just, just fucking god damn it. <sighs> That's going to do it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. Whew. We'll be back in two weeks' time with more of this. Till then, I'm dead. And I'm Birdie Crybaby. What? <laughs>